This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood-Hessian. You know, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the drama triangle and that the two most important roles that you can play in writing your own story are nurturer and coach. This past weekend, I was in Nashville with my son to move there in May to be closer to the music industry because he's a songwriter. And so I took the opportunity before I came home to really sit down and nurture and coach. So we spent the weekend just having a good time. We went to a Guns N' Roses concert. We watched some movies. Actually, we watched the entire Lord of the Rings series because I had not actually watched any of them. That's a whole nother story for another day, much to his chagrin. And he had always wanted me to. And we both had been just going hard, working, and just needed some downtime. It was wonderful because if you have seen Lord of the Rings, which most of the world has but me. You know, there's just tons of Bible connections and symbolism in there. And that created great conversations for he and I that was really meaningful as a parent. I hadn't anticipated that would be how we would spend our weekend, but I was certainly grateful that the Lord brought that opportunity. And then I took him to the grocery store because he's got some histamine issues that we're trying some different diet things and helped him pick out some food so that he would have new recipes to try because he was totally burnt out on eating the same foods over and over. So that was very nurturing and motherly in that way. But before I left, I said, let's go to breakfast. And in my bag had a notebook. (laughs) You've heard me say a million times that I always had a whiteboard in the kitchen when my kids were growing up. So it was kind of the equivalent of the whiteboard in the kitchen. You know, our breakfast came. I said, okay, so you've been in Nashville for a few months. Let's just talk about your goals and where you're headed and why you wanted to be here. And let's just revisit the life that you're building, writing your own story. He laughed because he's much more open to these conversations than his sister is, really. I have to do things differently with her. And that's also part of parenting is know your audience. All your kids are going to be different. And so know what's best for each of them. And so I drew a big circle. I didn't say to him, no, we were going to engage in the have, do, be model. But that's what I was doing. So I thought I would share it with you today, our conversation, so that you can have this conversation with yourself or maybe with a team member or one of your kids. And so I'm going to walk you through the conversation that he and I had, had a high level without sharing all of his stuff, because I think it'll help you. Sound like a plan, Stan? So I drew a circle and I said, he's 25. And so I picked a time frame that wasn't so far out that it felt unreasonable. I said, okay, you're 30 years old, so five years. I said, describe to me the life that you want to have. And just walked him through, like, where do you live? What kind of car do you drive? What's your work look like? What's your relationships look like? Just talked him through some of those things. So some of the things that he thought through as we went through this is the kind of car that he wanted to drive, the kind of house that he wanted to live in. And I asked him to be fairly specific. I said, okay, so describe the house that you live in. 
he said, I don't want to share a wall with anybody because he's living in a duplex. He's got a roommate. And so having his own house is important to him. He said, you know, I want to be writing music. And we talked more about the kind of music that he wants to be writing and ask him to get as specific as he could to really feel that moment. And that's the thing is to feel the life that you want to have. And so we talked through some of those things and got him really revisiting his dreams. And what does it look like in this next stage of his life? In five years, he wants his career to be as a professional songwriter. He's currently working at Guitar Center and is a wildly successful salesperson there, which funds his life well. We talked about his health and how he wants to look and how he wants to feel. I had him name, like, what's the car you're driving in five years? What color is it? How does it feel to drive it? We didn't want to really get into the feelings of things. We talked about his friendships and one of his best friends. He said, you know, I still want the daily talks that he has with his best friend that he's had since he was in sixth grade. And we talked about why that friendship is so important. And he got down to, you know, thinking about, you know, I really feel safe with him. No matter what's going on in my life, I know he's a safe place. So guess what? His friend Jack is his nurturer. That's the one in his life that no matter what's going on, he holds up the mirror and helps Cameron see that he's okay. He's safe. He's nurturing. We started talking about having more friends that are in the songwriting part of the music industry. Because right now, he sells a lot of guitars and gear, and that's great. And he loves doing it. And he said, you know what? Even if, or even when, I have a wildly successful, I sell a song and make a lot of money and things are going well as a professional songwriter in the future. He said, I still love gear. I still love guitars. I still love connecting people with the right kind of gear for them. He said, I don't want to stop doing that. And so we talked about the how that could take on different roles and different opportunities. Maybe it is still with Guitar Center in a different way or who knows. But we talked about how it feels. Asking, you know, what relationship do you want? He's currently dating. How do you want her to be in your life? And so I had him describe what that relationship of a future wife or significant other is going to look like and feel like. And we really just talked all the way through all the different aspects of his life. And he started getting into it. And I could see that he was getting re-inspired. And so, yes, this was a nurturing conversation, but it was also a coaching one. And it just so happens that his mom is a coach. And so I could pull from these tools that I use with my clients. But you know what? You can use this too. And so I wanted you to hear this today because it's a simple framework, three circles. The outward circle is what do you want to have in your life? I want to have these kinds of relationships. I want to have this kind of career. I want to have this car. I want to have this kind of house. These are the things that I want. And so once we all talked through that, and at one point I said, okay, close your eyes and just feel like you have this life. What does that feel like to have this life? So you really need to help connect to the emotion of these things. That's what drives the neuroscience of this. Because there were a few times that he wanted to action plan. And I was like, "Mm -mm, that's not what we're doing right now. We're just talking about feeling the life that you're going to have in five years. 
then we did drop down to the next circle, which is, okay, so if this is the life that you have, what are the things that you are doing? And so for him, he said, you know what? I need to write more. He said, I've been so busy thinking about getting settled here in Nashville and meeting people and learning the new store that I work in. He said, you know what? I haven't written enough. So I need to write more music. Great. The things that he's doing to have this life, writing songs, writing music. And then we talked more about other aspects of being a songwriter. And so he wrote down some things that he is doing as a result of this conversation that have to do with playing and performing that I'm not going to go into all the details of that for you today, but it led us into a place where he knew he needed to be more intentional about some of these things that he hadn't been because he'd gotten mired in just kind of survival of work and life. And now we were having an elevated conversation as his coach, nurturing his dreams that he needed to do some things differently. We talked about the things he's doing for his health and checked in with himself to see if he was doing enough of that currently or if he needed to escalate and elevate some of that. We talked about meeting new people in Nashville that are more connected to songwriting and how to do that. Proximity is a big deal when you're thinking about your dreams. Are you with the people that are going to help inspire you? Does he have enough people that are coaching him in songwriting or teaching him about the business of songwriting, not just writing the music itself. It was interesting because we made the connection, having had watched Lord of the Rings all weekend, that J.R. Tolkien, the writer of Lord of the Rings, was friends with C.S. Lewis. They met each other early in their education in the 20s, and they became very good friends. And we had this really good discussion about proximity. And I said, I wonder if they both became so wildly successful because they had each other to challenge each other and to challenge the dreams that they had. Because it was C.S. Lewis that encouraged Tolkien to finish Lord of the Rings. If he hadn't had C.S. Lewis, we may not have had Lord of the Rings, but he was a nurturer of the hopes and the dreams of his friend. And so that led to us having this really rich discussion about each of us and who are the people that we have in our lives that are encouraging the hopes and the dreams that we have. Jim Rohn has the comment of, you are the average of the five people you spend time with. And because Cameron is very much a nurturer by nature, he needs to be mindful of making sure that he has the kind of people that are going to inspire and challenge him. Because he tends to be the nurturer for most of his relationship, and he needs people that are inspiring and challenging him as well. And so we talked about where could he go and hang out to find those people, and what kind of connections did I have and he has that he needed to be more proactive about going and finding those people. Who was going to be his C.S. Lewis? And it was inspiring for both of us to think about being more intentional about writing his story and not just waiting for it to happen. Because when we first sat down to have this conversation, he went to the traditional kind of industrial age model that many of us were raised on. I got to work really hard. If I'm here and I want to go here to this elevated place, it's like this stairway that's going to be really hard and I'm going to be out of breath and I'm going to have to be taxed by it. 
that's the industrial model that many of us were raised on. Prove yourself and work harder. I got to get from this step to this step. There's 50 steps in between and they're all going to be hard. And I quickly rattled him out of that. And I said, no, are you going to work hard and be diligent? Yes. But are you going to believe that this has to take a long time? No, we can only achieve to our level of belief. And so seeing it through this framework of have, do, and be, be is where we're going next, really helped rattle him out of it's got to be hard. I had sent him a video the day before of a famous actor. Chris Pratt was homeless, basically living out of a van and one day met an actress who saw this attractive guy that she pictured him being in a movie. And she said, hey, do you act? And he said, yes, I do, which at the time he wasn't acting. He was working in a restaurant trying to survive, but he saw an opportunity. He sensed an opportunity. And she said, I want you to come in and audition. And he prepared for it. He went in for the audition and he said he knew that that was the day that his life was going to change. And it did. And so we've got to be open to opportunities. We've got to know what we want. Chris Pratt knew he wanted to be an actor. Cameron knows he wants to be a professional career songwriter. And so we've got to be open that things don't always have to be hard. And so this conversation was nurturing and coaching and inspiring for him to see things differently. So once we went through, okay, what's the life you want to have in five years? Okay, what are you doing in five years to have this life? Then I said, okay, who do you need to be? For this to be your life. And we got at the heart of the matter. We got at the how was he going to see himself? What was the character traits that he was going to embody and believe in for himself? And he said, I need to be confident. I need to be kind. I need to be talented. I need to continue to be empathic. I need to be outgoing. And we just started listing, who do you need to be to have this life? And your set of B for you or your team member or your child, whoever you're going to have this conversation with, is going to be different based on the life they want to have. But knowing who you need to be in this moment today to have the life that you want to have five years from now is encouraging and it's real because in order to have that life, you need to be that person and you need to believe that that life is possible for you. And so I tore this page out of the notebook after I wrote it all out for him. And when we got back to his house before I left, I taped it onto his closet door. Oh, now I'm going to get emotional. And I said, that is who you are. Look at this every day and remember who you are and the life that you are going to have because you believe it. And then I walked him through a very practical exercise practice. And I said, the next time you meet somebody and you introduce yourself and they said, hey, what do you do? First, I said, what do you say now when somebody asks you, what do you do? And he said, ah, it depends. But, you know, ultimately say, I work at Guitar Center. And I said, well, that's true. But what else do you do? What's the life you said you want to have? I said, I want you now when somebody asks you who you are, what you do in introduction, I want you to practice saying, I'm a songwriter. I currently pay the bills selling equipment at Guitar Center, but I'm a songwriter. And embody and be and believe, because it's true. You are a songwriter, but you have to believe it and put that out there. And then when you say that, the chances of somebody saying, oh, really? My buddy's a songwriter too. I should introduce you to. Or my friend owns a studio. 
I should introduce you to. When you introduce yourself in that way, you're much more likely to quickly and efficiently find the people, the connections, the nurturers, the coaches of the life that you want to have if you embody it now. And so we practiced in different scenarios. How would that sound? When I left, I just saw the lights had turned back on because it's hard to make changes in your life. He's busy figuring out his new job and paying the bills and making new friends. And having that conversation re-inspired him to why he's there, why he's in Nashville, to be around the people that are songwriters and musicians and love music the way that he loves music. And he's not just there just to work and pay the bills. He's there because he has a dream and he has a purpose. So I want you to take this conversation today. And it's just three circles. The outward circle is half. What's the life you want to have? Well, if you have that life, what are you doing? Like think through what are those things that you're doing in your life? And who do you need to be for that to be real? And I want you to take this for yourself, for your colleagues, for your kids, and use this to be a great nurturer and a great coach. I want you to tell me how it went. I love when I hear from you. I love when you say, hey, this really helped me, or I'd love to have more of this. That makes me super happy because I'm here to connect and serve you. I'd love to be connected on Instagram. I'd love to be connected on LinkedIn. I would love for you to go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and give me your email address and let me send you a newsletter a couple times a month meant to inspire you and connect with you. I would love for you to send me a message and say, how about an episode on this? Or have you ever thought about interviewing this person? Or whatever it is for you. Let's be a community. Let me serve you in a way that's really meaningful for the life that you want to have. All right, ciao. Love you, mean it. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, mean it. I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all, fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian. And I would love it if you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music. My personal favorite is TV Land.